0: You have to stop this. Secret, secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Book number 5. Chapter Chapter 31. Good job. The Ring of Thoth. Chapter 31 The Ring of Thoth. All right, let's hear. When they say Thoth, I feel like I'm trying to say sauce with the um lisp. But like, what kind of Thoth do you have? Bless you, you little sneezer. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. The ring of sauce with a lisp, thoth. Their arms pinned behind their backs, Yo-Yoji and Max Ernest watched in her as Daisy escorted, or more accurately, dragged cast down the aisle into the orchestra pit. As soon as Cass disappeared, they were dragged in the opposite direction and taken out the exit. The guards pushed them roughly into the lobby, then word listly the guards went back into the auditorium. Yo-Yoji stared suspiciously at the doors closing behind the guards. Why did they let us go? Because Lord Pharaoh doesn't care about us. Cass is what he wants, said Max Ernest. But what are we going to do? Well, we could try this. We could always try these, said Yo-Yoji. As he gestured to the bandages hanging around them, their necks, each one said backstage pass in big letters. The entrance to the backstage area might have been exclusive, but it was hardly hidden. On the contrary, it was advertised with a large illuminated sign. Backstage area, premier ticket holders only. Max Ernest and Yo-Yoji were glad to see that the bouncer standing at the red velvet was not wearing gloves, appearing not to recognize the two of them. He checked their bandages and then waved them in as it was perfectly natural that they would take advantage of their backstage passes. They didn't have a plan yet, but at least they were getting back inside. Daisy pushed Cass on the stage, then receded into the wings. Cass tried to take stock of her surroundings and create a mental map of the potential pitfalls and hazards, not to mention enemy combatants, but her her attention was drawn inexorably to the center of the stage where the mummy was still floating upright when with an open sarcophagus here just a few feet away was the one thing that she she had so desperately been seeking and she couldn't take her eyes off of it at last she'd seen Amun. the mummy's bandages were wound tightly around him and now the bandages were and now they were loose and frayed his hands previously bound to his waist were hanging free by his side his parched face and gaping mouth however looked just as as it had before equal parts haunted and haunting hanging from a hanging from a tree on halloween he would have scared the heck out of trick-or-treaters but it occurred to cass but the mummy wasn't a halloween decoration Well, it's okay. That was the thing. The body, this corpse, the man, whatever it was, skin and bones, was that all? No. There were also teeth and fingernails and dried fleshy tissue. She could hear Max Ernest saying, but that wasn't the point. He never got to the point. Look, it's back, hissed Romy, or was it Montana, snapping cast back into the present? Yeah, we just can't get rid of it, hissed Montana, or was it Romy? It is happy to leave any time, said Cass sarcastically. Microphones hanging from the stage picked up her words, and they reverter- reverberated through the auditorium. Uh, "Auditorium, No, please stay, inv- heard the invisible Lord Pharaoh. Where are you? asked Cass, pulling her monocle out of her pocket. I'm right here, answered Lord Pharaoh before she could put the monocle on her eye. She jumped. Lord Pharaoh was so close she could feel his breath. I'm glad you found your way here. She looked at him through the monocle. He smiled an awful smile, knowing that she could see him now. For a second, I thought you might be foolish enough to fall into my trap. I thought you might not be foolish enough, he whispered, but I see that you took the bait. Oh, I wouldn't miss this show for the world," Cass said loudly. She had already decided that there was nothing to be gained by fighting; it would only wear her out. Her sole strange strategy was to buy time. It wasn't much of to- much of a strategy, true, but in her experience, opportunities usually presented themselves if you waited long enough. Everybody's armor showed its ch- kinks, even if- eventually. She lowered her voice. But as my friend Max Ernest pointed out, it's pretty easy to do illusions when you're invisible. True enough, said Lord Pharaoh. He snatched the monocle out of her hand, making himself visible to again, Making himself invisible to again. Of course, this sort of magic is child's play for somebody who's been involved in the real work. You mean alchemy, right? Alchemy, that's right. Nonetheless, our audience is waiting. He raised his voice. The ring, please. Um, Casper tend to fumble for the wing, for the ring at a best man or a wedding. Oops, I think I dropped it. Max, Ernest, and Yo Yoji raced down the hallway, past the rooms full of props and costumes. Many of the items obviously had not been used in years and were displayed for tourists, but some of the rooms seemed to be bustling. Can I help you? And. Uniformed attendant tried to stop them with a smile. Would either of you like a drink? Um, no thanks, said Yo-Yoji. Yo-Yoji called out um, as they continued running. Oh my gosh, both of the snakes are out. Yep. Cute. Um, uh, Wait, what's that? Asked Max Ernest. What? Said Yo-Yoji, turning to see Max Ernest standing, frozen, twitching his nose. Yep. I smell... Chocolate. So what? There's no time. Dark chocolate, said Max Ernest, his eyes glazed. Yo, dude, we just had all of that fudge 15 minutes ago. How can you even. No, wait just a minute. I have to. Max Ernest darted to the nearest door, the one with the star on it and the freshly painted name Lord Pharaoh. Yo Yoji looked at Max Ernest. Oh, there's nothing in here. That was an exaggeration. Lord Pharaoh's dressing room was a large and luxurious with a seating area on one side. On the other side, there were long counters and a mirror surrounded by vanity lights. A tall vase with an extra vacant bouquet of flowers sat on the end, uh, 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 sat on the end table by a couch. Had either Max Ernest or Yo-Yoji bothered to look, they would have seen a card hanging from the flowers, Signed Bon chance Antoinette but it was true the room looked remarkably empty. Dude, if you're gonna if you didn't come out the, if you don't come out this second, I swear, Max Ernest didn't appear to hear a word Yo Yoji was saying. Like a hunting dog trying to catch a scent, he stood in the middle of the room with his nose in the air. Forget it, I'm just gonna go rescue Cass by myself. No wait, said Max Ernest, following his nose. Max Ernest walked slowly towards the end of the counter. He looked positively bewitched. Here, he said, when he reached the back of of the corner, he held up his hand, victorious. What? There's nothing in your hand. Feel, said Max Ernest, walking out of the room. It's chocolate. Guess Lord Pharaoh thought he didn't have to hide it because it's invisible. How about that? Yo-Yoji reached for Max Ernest's hands. Sure enough, he felt a barb. Max Ernest yanked it away. "'Not just any chocolate. "'I've smelt this once before, and I'd recognize it anywhere,' "'said Max Ernest, holding the invisible chocolate to his nose "'and inhaling greedily. "'As Senior Hugo's chocolate, "'chocolate, time-travel chocolate, "'I knew Lord Pharaoh had mastered that formula, "'and it was only the only way he could have gotten here. "'With a crazed look in his eye, "'he moved his hand towards his mouth. "'Don't!' yo grabbed Max Ernest's wrist. "'You can't, plus there's no time to lose!' Max Ernest shuddered, coming to his senses. Sorry, you're right. I don't know what happened. That would have been a disaster. No sweat. But you just gave me an idea. There is time to lose Lord Pharaoh. Lord Pharaoh's time. 500 years of it. Say what? I'll explain it on the way. Max Ernest started running down the hallway again. Yo-Yoji followed close behind, keeping an eye on his, friend, his friend's hand. They had hardly... They had enough problems already without Max Ernest eating his way to another sentry. Cass pretended Cass pretended to look on the floor for the ring. She felt one hand grab her and another hand grab her necklace. Ow! The chain bit into her neck. Cass could feel herself choking, and she struggled, but it was no use. So sorry, said Lord Pharaoh, not letting go. He tugged harder and harder until it broke the chain. Cass clutched her throat, gasping for air. "'I knew I didn't like necklaces,' she said under her breath. "'Thank you,' said Lord Pharaoh, "'holding the ring of Thoth in an invisible fist. "'He let the chain drop on the floor. "'Ladies and gentlemen, can we have a hand for the young Cassandra?' "'The applause track resumed. "'The Skelton sisters clapped stiffly, like hosts of a game show. "'You may take a seat now, Cassandra,' Lord Pharaoh said.' Two, the two gold-painted musclemen came up behind her and gripped her from both sides. Are you gonna come sit down now? Mm-hmm. Looks so cute, Pei. Hey? Good job. A spotlight illuminated the ring of Thoth. As, it's okay. as his invisible hand held over the mummy. The ring appeared to hover over the air, hover in the air. Again, Lord Pharaoh spoke in an ancient Egyptian and translated mighty thought for what, why must you take life of this man before burning hieroglyphs appeared behind Lord Pharaoh, two of them. Cass recognized that they were first hieroglyphs of the secret for what Lord Pharaoh questioned, echoed in cat's ear for what? She had thought of the first two words of the secret because what, but if what is if? If a better translation is for, it was for what? That was easy to say. Why? Why hadn't she seen that before? Suddenly, it all struck her. Along, uh-huh. All along, she'd simply assumed that the secret was the answer to all of life's mysteries. But the secret wasn't the answer at all. The secret was a question. Or was it just, was it just that to find the answer? One first had to ask the question. Max Ernest and Yo Yoji ran as fast as they could, huffing and puffing on until the stage came into view, along with a complex machinery and sets and props one finds behind a stage of this size. Yo Yoji stopped, seeing Lord Pharaoh's gold cape draped like a blanket over the chair. It would work out it would work for catching a bird, he thought. Why not a ghost? Cass had a breakthrough. But it had come too late. Suddenly she felt overwhelmed by the hopelessness of her situation. Question or answer, it was no lo- it would no longer matter what the secret was because Lord Pharaoh was gonna learn it first. Where where were her friends? She wondered in despair. Were they imprisoned in canopic jars too? With this ring your ring, the ring of thoth, we take back a man's life. As Lord Pharaoh pronounced these words, the gold ring appeared to float as if wait as float through the air until it reached the tip of the mummy's finger. Live again, doctor. Live. Um Hey Lord Pharaoh, remember me? Yo Yoji came running out of the wings, holding up Lord Pharaoh's gold cape behind him. When he reached the center of the stage he threw the cape into the air. It dropped on a on a foot, bef- oh, It dropped only a foot before landing on what was clearly Lord Pharaoh's head. Now this invisible magician was visible, albeit, albeit looking a bit like a badly costumed ghost on Halloween. Um, I don't understand. Let's, let's let's keep reading. The audience applauded before the applause track could even roll. It was a great effect. Ah, said Lord Pharaoh, cried in surprise. Oh, oh it's more like this. Ah! <laughs> they could hear him stumble. Kaya! Before the Lord Pharaoh could remove the cape from his head, Yo-Yoji threw his shoulders onto an unseen enemy, tackling him to the floor. From the way Yo-Yoji grimaced, he may have hit Lord Pharaoh rather hard, but Yo-Yoji recovered, Pinning the Lord Pharaoh to the stage while Max Ernest ran up to him, "Let go, you cretin!" said Lord Pharaoh as he growled. "Not a chance," said yo Yoji. The stage and off-stage guards and audience, dance and dancers alike, all watched in confusion, unable to tell what was planned or what wasn't. Lord Pharaoh refused to call for help. Instead, he shouted, "All a part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Take a bow, young sirs." Max Ernest quickly bowed, his mind racing. Clearly, Lord Farrow didn't want to cause an alarm. But why, Max Ernest wondered. Then he realized that the mummy was stolen property. Lord Farrow didn't want security officers sniffing around the stage more than Max Ernest and his friends did. The authorities were tipped off and they might confiscate the mummy before Lord pharaoh had his way with it well this was all too good lord pharaoh's concern worked on the trio's advantage meanwhile the ghost still caught and the tape was wriggling beneath yoyoji on the floor the invisible chocolate in his hand max Ernest crouched down beside him he pulled off the cape to lord pharaoh's head and he felt around for lord pharaoh's face ah lord pharaoh grunted you two are going to pay Honestly, are they really going to pay? You two are going to pay. Winced with a distaste, Max Ernest pried Lord Pharaoh's mouth open with his fingers. He tried not to think about what Lord Pharaoh's teeth must look like. Dental hygiene was not very advanced in the 16th century. century. He helped me keep his mouth open, he said to Yo-Yoji. Here, said Max Ernest. Yo-Yoji's hand. Yo, Yo-yo... Max Ernest guided Yo-Yoji's hand into Lord Pharaoh's mouth. That's disgusting! Complained Yo-Yoji, keeping his hand in place despite Lord Pharaoh's struggling. Eat, said Max Ernest, forcing the invisible chocolate into his mouth. The invisible alchemist. Ouch! Said Lord Pharaoh. He had bitten down too hard on Max Ernest's finger. Instinctively, Max Ernest pulled his hand away. But as far as he could tell, there was still some chocolate in Lord Pharaoh's mouth. And it didn't take much, he knew. The skeleton sisters were frantic. They shouted at the six gold musclemen standing on the stage stage like statues to do something. Do something! Hello? Are you guys deaf? The dancers blinked, uncertain whether to move. Still hunched over the Lord Pharaoh, Yo-Yoji and Max Ernest could feel the alchemist's body convulsing under the cape. I think... I think it's working, said Max Ernest. Lord Pharaoh's legs, then arms, then seemed to melt into the stage. But by the end of the dancers, who broke ranks and ran forward, it was too late. There was nothing left where Lord Pharaoh had been, only a, a satin cape lying flat on the floor. The audience applauded madly. Nice work, bro, said yo Yoji, breathing hard. What happened? asked the dancer. Sweet, destroying sweat destroying his golden makeup. He went home, said Max Ernest. It was true. Lord Pharaoh was now probably was now a problem for from another age for another age. Sorry, the skeleton sisters screamed, Antoinette, And then they ran off the stage. Why would they scream Antoinette? his name no antoinette is the girl lord pharaoh is the bad alchemist remember antoinette ended up marrying the magician and that's no that's, no, that's... Yep. Antoinette is not her name. yes it is what is it i forgot but it's not antoinette it isn't no i'm pretty sure it is okay well maybe i'm wrong Max Ernest looked up at the box style balcony on the side of the theater just in time to see a flash of blonde hair and shimmering gown. How long had Miss Mobius, Mobius been there? In a blink, she was gone. Good, good for good. Max Ernest hoped. In the meal, brawny dancer. The meal, in the meal, the brawny dancers who had been watching over Cass rushed to the center of the stage, letting go of the jar that confined her. How to get it out. How to get out, she said. She had an idea. She she had... I guess. We missed that part. How the heck did we miss that part? Although the jar was painted gold, she could tell by its texture that it was pottery. She wiggled around, rocking the jar until it fell onto the floor with a crash. Ow! The pottery sides broke, just as she'd hoped they would, leaving her a bit banged up but free. Cass scanned around where the lord where lord pharaoh had been at first she didn't see what she was looking for then there it was right at the foot of the mummy she darted across the stage and lunged she for the like ring, ring. Mm-hmm. the monocle was lying nearby for good measure she pocketed it too cass her friends yelled out at her but cass didn't hear them she was already standing in front of the mummy the ring fit perfectly on the mummy's finger. Cass slipped it over the knuckle, and the ring seemed to lock into place, sending sparks flying in all directions. She saw a flash of lightning, bright enough to illuminate the entire auditorium, but strangely, most of the room stayed dark. The noise in the theater receded. The lights around her blurred. She felt as if she were in a tunnel a tunnel with two people in it the mummy and herself, facing each other. Then, for a moment, she was in the sky flying over a great river, the Nile. The abyss, she thought. Then she was in a tunnel with the mummy again. The mummy's eyes blinked open, his dark 3,000-year-old eyes. They looked directly at Cassandra. Death was staring her in the face. Suddenly, Cassandra deep... No, it says Cass. Cass was deeply afraid. Oh, suddenly Cass was afraid, deeply afraid. What had she done? She had put the ring on the mummy's finger almost by instinct without even thinking. Why? Because Dr. L told her that she would learn the secret. This, What if that was just another trap? The final trap. She had thought feverishly that this is what everything had leaned towards. The sacrifice of Cassandra. The mummy was going to kill her. He was going to turn her into one of his own. Not only... Not only her and not only her you cannot bring death to life without bringing death into life he was a demon who (laughs) whom she'd unleashed to the world i don't know if she was a demon because lord pharaoh hated him and he was his doctor and maybe he's a good guy she gave herself a little shake and forced herself to breathe she had to she had come too far much too far not to take to try and learn the secret because because The abyss, walk Nile, why abyss, cross river? It looked like the mummy in the eye had carefully pronounced the words that she'd been asking for so long in her mind. The words fell into place and seemed if they'd always been there. Somewhere all along, why did the abyss cross the Nile? The mummy stared at her. His ancient eyes seemed to penetrate her fairy being. For a second, she thought she'd asked the wrong questions or that she had not regained the power of speech or that it was simply unwilling to answer. He opened his mouth. Inside, only darkness. Cass felt sick with despair. Why has she assumed this creature from ancient Egypt would understand her or she him? Why had she assumed that, she, that he could speak at all? Then in a voice so deep, it seemed to come not from the mouth of the man, "'or even a mummy, but from the mouth of a volcano, "'a voice that would rattle buildings and shake mountains, "'the mummy repeated her question. "'Why did the abyss cross the Nile?' "'She nodded, shivering. "'He laughed, a deep rumbling laugh, "'to get to the other side, of course. "'As Cass stared, frozen with fear, "'the laughter grew louder and louder "'until it shook his entire body.' Then, with a final shudder, he closed his eyes. The ring of thoth rattled on his finger and fell to the floor once again. The mummy was nothing but a pile of ragged clothes and dusty bones. And for the first time in her still young life, Cass fainted.